Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How did get 30, 30, get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, bet get 20, 20, bet get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So what are the chances that the Bucks signed J.J. Watt? And what's up with the Rays' search for a new stadium? And who will the Bucks use their franchise tag on this, this season? We've got all your mailbag questions answered 100% correctly on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Moffitt Cancer Center. Moffitt is a proud partner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Call 1-888-MOFFITT, M-O-F-F-I-T-T. All right, Steve, lots of good mailbag questions today. Good day to do it coming off the Super Bowl. Everybody's uh, still got questions about free agency, about the Rays. We got, we got a lot of stuff on tap, so let's get started. Well, speaking that, the Rays made the Colin McHugh signing official, which we've known about, and Chaz Rowe with re-signs with the Rays, so... Mm-hmm. Um, so good news, more pitchers for the Rays to add into that uh, their stable back there. So <laughs> that stable, that stable is a farm. Okay, let's be honest. <laughs> that's that's a big spread over the course of I don't know acres in Colorado or something at this point. My goodness. Well, and the exciting thing is today is the first full squad workout for the Rays. So yes, it is. Yes, and then uh, Kevin Cash and Eric Neander and all of them will have their press availability later today. So we'll hear about that. But everyone, hey, I wonder if he'll be, be asked camp. about. I wonder if he'd be asked about Blake Snow and taking him out in the World Series. What do you think? Well, it seems like that's what everyone keeps talking about. <laughs> you know, there comes a point, man, where okay, you just don't you just have to at some point say, "Look, I I ask and answered counselor. We're not we're not re- relitigating the World Series. Like we we have to move forward. Blake is in San Diego. I'm still the manager here, and we got to get back to the World Series. I would just put a, this would be the last day I would talk about it." personally yeah That's i mean I, I agree i mean it doesn't help that blake put out his players tribute which was actually very i, I thought it no, was very well done it was and, really good and you know i yeah. love seeing that honesty from players and in, in their thought process yeah. and things um you know and I, I think he was very sincere about not wanting to leave tampa bay which is you know mm-hmm. refreshing to hear and 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 that but you know he understands the business side of it too but you know so that probably brought it back up but yeah let's let's hope we get to you know let's it's 2021 now let's focus on that uh, learn from that in 2020, and and you know we'd be curious if a similar situation comes up. Have they make the playoffs this year? You know what Kevin Cash might do. Um, you know that that that'll be the real tell. Is you know if that if that kind of scenario may not be Game Six of the World Series per se, but a pitcher's dealing, and you know do you take them out like you normally do? It'll be interesting how that would play out if we ever get to see that. Do exactly the same thing. <laughs> you know, it's not, I mean, really, it's not even a question, man. It's going to be, ah, this analytic says uh, you got to take them out. So we will. I'm just saying. That's all right. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, we'll get to the mailbag questions here, and we'll lead off with Joe, who asks, Rick, if the Bucks re-sign Tom Brady, would it be more likely to happen before, during, or after the season? Maybe he goes for George Blanda's record? You know, I I tend to think it's going to happen during the off season, um, and and probably before the start of the new league year, which is I think March seventeenth. And the reason I think that is, 
if it's going to happen is simply because he may be in a position to give them some cap relief. And, you know, for Tom, he did a two-year $50 million deal. It's pretty straight up, you know, $25 million a year. Um, he earned, I think, about 3 or $4 million in, in incentives going to the Super Bowl and all that. Um, so that goes against the salary cap. So I think he was over $28 million last year. But that's still, look, well below market value, right, for a guy that's won seven Super Bowls. Um, but but if you if you do extend his contract by a year, you could potentially um, – you know, pay him something up front, reduce his cap number for 2020 to help 21 and help you in, in this year um, to retain some of your free agents. So it just seems to me that it would behoove him. I love that word. It would behoove him um, and the Bucks if they if they were thinking that way, if they're all thinking that way, that he wants to play until he's 45 and add a third year in Tampa. Uh, that he he do something maybe before the start of free agency. So that that's just my thought. I don't I don't really sense a lot of momentum one way or the other about that. I, I think I think Tom's made it clear that he loves it here. He's won a Super Bowl here. He thinks next year is going to be even better because he'll have another year in the system. And I don't know what would after two years what would make him think he'd want to go to a third team. You can always retire, right? I mean, Drew Brees supposedly is going to retire as we're doing this podcast. He hasn't yet, but any day now. And he did some stuff. You know, they were going to take a big cap hit, and he spread that out a little bit and did it in in a way that he's not going to play, but will still give them some cap relief. But you could do that for you know for this twenty twenty one season with Tom's contract potentially, if that's the if he's agreeable, and maybe be able to sneak another player uh, under the salary cap. So. I think it'll happen before March 17th if it's going to happen. Doesn't it also help in potentially signing any free agents, per se, knowing yeah. that, that Tom's here for two years? Uh, mm-hmm. The other part is, is look, at some point the Bucks have to plan for the future and who the next quarterback is. Yeah. If you know you've got Tom for two more years, you don't have to maybe rush to take a quarterback in the draft this year if there's not one available that you like. Yeah. You know, you have better options at that point by knowing – You've got Tom for two years instead of just one. Yeah, and I think that if uh, you know, they, I mean, they're picking thirty second, right? So it's mm-hmm. pretty probably unrealistic they would take a quarterback with that pick. Necessarily, I mean, who knows, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the Green Green Bay took a guy in the first round. They got Aaron Rodgers, who's a lot younger, but um, if that's the player they choose, but but whoever you were to, if you were to do it, say this year, you you could ignore the position altogether and it'd be fine because you still have another year with Brady. But you'd like to have that young quarterback have a year to be sort of like not mentored because that's not Tom's job, but Tom impacts everybody on the roster and specifically in that quarterback room just to see his process, right, to understand what he puts into it, um, how he sees mm-hmm. the game. Um, you know, Tom is, is known to be very, like, um, you know, a very giving type player when it comes to helping young guys. And um, I would think that if you were in that meeting room, you know, you'd have your job and and his job is to – is to try to, you know, prepare to win. But certainly if you had questions or, you know, why do you do it this way? What are you looking at here? I'm sure he would help those guys or that young guy. So, yeah, I think I think it does buy you a little time, like you would say. Or if you get a quarterback this year, it gives that quarterback two years, right, in the system. Now, I, I read where Jason Light had said they're really high on Blaine Gabbert, <laughs> which, you know, so was Jacksonville when they drafted him. Um, and I like Blaine. He does have a hell of an arm, and he's a really good athlete. And who knows? Maybe these quarterbacks are going to all play till they're 45. But 
I, I'm not sure that Blaine Gabbert is necessarily the heir apparent at this point, or maybe a short-term bridge guy, perhaps. But I do think that you know it, it would be for a lot of reasons, and, and 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 like you said, I think another big one would be if you're a free agent, right? You're coming to Tampa Bay. Are you coming there because you want to win a ring? And are you coming there for more than one year? Or you just think Tom's going to be here one year and then, you know, after that you have no idea which direction the franchise is heading, but you're going to sign a multi-year deal here. So it would help to know, like you said, that you know, Brady's, Brady is signed, you know, through 2022. And therefore you come here, you're going to have to at least two seasons with him. Um, that might be more attractive to a free agent uh, or two uh, when they're trying to figure out who they can who can who they can attract with the limited money they have. So yeah, all those things are are a good reason. But I, I still think that you know for that the salary cap purpose, and we know the salary cap is going to be around 180 million now unless they do a new TV deal uh, that's that's supposedly pending. Um, you know, you you want to know what what all that money looks like this year, next year, and beyond. So. Yeah, I think I think they would do it if they're going to do it. It'd be before the new league year. All right, Wayneo asks, knowing that there's a two to three year two to three year window to win two or more Super Bowls, would the free agents consider staying or do they want money? Because I've seen players leave and never win again. You know, I think it it all depends on the player, but and where he's at in his career. I would just say this: that never lose sight of the fact that that money is the biggest thing, right? Um, you know, and and maybe maybe more so once you've won a ring. Like this is the other thing, okay? And I've thought about this with respect to some of the players. Um, you know, like a, like a Chris Godwin, for example. And I I I'm one that believes that Chris Godwin. I believe Ba when he says you're not going anywhere. I believe that about Chris Godwin. Uh, it's not an absolute, but I just do. But let's take him for example. You know, here's a young guy that's played four years. You know, uh, out of Penn State that didn't get first round money that has made a Pro Bowl. He was injured a lot last year. He had three different injuries. And, you know, he played through some of them. But he missed. He, he only played 12 games. And, and so his numbers, his production was down primarily because he didn't play in those other games. But even so, he's such an integral part of, of this offense. And he's clearly a guy that could be somebody's number one. I mean, you know, you have 32 teams in this league. And, and one of those teams, Chris Godwin, could be the primary receiver or the number one receiver on that team. So, you know, he's looking at his future and saying, yeah, this is my, this is my chance. You know, you, you, you get in the league, if you play four years and you get to be a free agent, you want that long-term contract for your family, um, you know, for his, his wife and all of that. And so I would think that, you know, he's looking for a, a commitment uh, to somebody uh, from some team, whether it's the Bucks or otherwise, to get paid and get paid now. Because remember, this is the NFL. I mean, the, the whole thing about, you know, guys getting franchised and getting one-year deals and things like this, I mean, that what's what's so what's so dangerous about that is that we've seen you, you, you're you literally play-to-play, and that can happen in practice, happen in a game. Um, you know, Dak Prescott is dealing with a similar situation. Should he have signed a three- or four-year deal? What maybe wasn't the money he wanted, but it was close to $40 million. Um, he, he didn't sign it. He became franchised. Now he's, you know, ripped up his ankle and they may have to franchise him again, or maybe he's got leverage to, to move on. I mean, so, so many things can change, you know, and for a guy that's been hurt four games, I would think that Chris Godwin would want to, uh, you know, would want to get that extension. So I do think that it depends on the player, but mostly money decides it. Money is the big, biggest determiner. And well, the, like, the, like you know, if you're JPP and you've already made a ton of money, and you're later in your career, maybe it's not as important. 
Right, exactly. But Chris Godwin, who's young and looking for that first really big payday, mm-hmm. he's in a different scenario situation than Indomitian Sue, who may just go, if he wants to play again, may say, I don't need as much. I'm having mm-hmm. fun. I'm on a good team. I could win another ring. Maybe that's, maybe that's good enough for him. No, I, I agree. You you make you make the right points, and 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 I think it 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 does sort of depend on the player and where he's at. You know, and Domicon Sue. You know, the other part is, if you're at the end of your career, and you're talking, you know, this this happened with Derek Brooks. Um, I remember talking to him about it, and you know, uh, shockingly, you know, he got released and had an opportunity to go to New Orleans, and he could have continued his career and. and you know, maybe for a year, maybe for two years, who, who's to say? But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to look at, okay, so I'm not going to move my whole family there if it's just a one-year deal, or maybe it's a two-year deal, but I don't know if I'm going to play both years. Now I have to have housing in both cities, right? So let's take a million dollars or close to it and say, you know, if I'm at that time, if he was going to get, you know, four million, a million of it was going to be gone because of of having two residences, He's going to miss out with his family traveling. He's got to travel back and forth if he's coming home on Tuesdays. And there's a lot that goes into it. You know, Gerald McCoy did that. There has to be a, a number that you're you're comfortable with, you know, to to leave. And so you might have a player that says, "Look, I'm only going to play probably one or two more years. I want to. I'd love to win another ring here. So rather than have to move to another city, or this is going to be my permanent residence when I'm done playing, I just soon play with the Bucks because the money is negligible. You know, it's uh, maybe I make another million or two here, but I've made, you know, $80, 90000000 million in my career now. You know, so a guy like Ndamukong Su might say, I'm staying put, you know, and, and I'll take less maybe to stay. It's not a hometown gift discount per se, but you, look, you weigh all the factors and no state income tax and all that. It just depends on where that player is at. But for someone young like Chris Godwin, who's got the whole, his whole career ahead of him and maybe two contracts ahead of him, he hasn't made his money yet. So he might have a different viewpoint of things. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Breitling Boutique. Breitling Boutique in International Plaza. Do you know this is just one of only 15 in the United States? They welcome championship quarterbacks and Hall of Famers and boxers as clients. But they treat everyone the same. They'll treat you like a celebrity when you come in, too. Now tell them Rick and Steve sent you. And if you try on one of those beautiful Swiss watches, well, you'll get a brand new and a free Breitling cap just for trying them on. But i got to warn you, you're going to want to walk out with that watch as well. Breitling Boutique in International Plaza. All right, Michael asks, could the Bucks use the franchise tag on Shaq Barrett again, and how likely are they to do that? They can, and um, it all depends on how it goes. I'm really, you know, if I were the Bucks, this would be my concern, is, uh, you know, Shaq Barrett has earned, he's earned whatever the market value is. Unfortunately for the Bucks, the market value for a top five, or for a guy that's a, a guy that's accomplished what Shaq has, you're talking about you're talking about twenty one million, twenty two million dollar average. Okay, so you know next November he'll be twenty nine years old during the season. So he's not the youngest guy. I mean, he's played six years or seven years already. I guess five in Denver and then two here. Um, so what does that contract look like? What's the length of that contract? You know what I mean? Like, um, is that one that that you know is does he want four years guaranteed uh is it a three-year uh six-year deal but no more guaranteed money after three years so there's an out you know which is what i think i would do 
Uh, that's what Frank Clark did with Kansas City, I think. Um, and so if, if they can't get Shaquille some kind of security where he wants to, you know, he's been renting here twice. He still has his home in Colorado. He wants to say, okay, this is where I'm going to play. And I'm going to play here for a number of years and I can set down roots. I can buy a home, all that stuff. Um, that's the ideal thing is to, is to lock up Shaq Barrett. Cause if you try to franchise him again, and really the players don't have a whole lot of leverage when they get franchised, but to get franchised twice, you could have a little bit of a holdout situation. I mean, you could have a guy that says, well, I'm not signing the tender. And you could drag that deep into the offseason. And you really don't want that hanging over your head as you're and, and, you know, getting ready to go to training camp or you got to pull the tag or you, you, know, you got to do certain things. And I, I tend to think the way Shaquille you know, Barrett was talking with respect to breaking the bank and stuff like that. I think he's, he, he's ready for his payday. You know, he'd had it last year except that the pandemic hit and nobody knew what 2021 looked like from a salary cap standpoint because there weren't going to – were there going to be any fans? Were going to be no fans at all? What was the deal going to be? Well, now we know this, the salary cap's $180 million, but you couldn't even look at anything beyond 2020. So they, they franchised him. He didn't like it. They listed him as an outside linebacker, which technically he is, but he's really like a 4-3 defensive end and and the the franchise number was much higher for the defensive end than the linebacker so he took 15-8 instead of 16 point something um so that probably didn't wear well with him he's going to want his payday he's going to feel like I look I took the sacrifice last year I played under the tag I went out and produced yeah I won 19 and a half sacks it was eight during the regular season but oh boy when it mattered most, did you watch me play those playoff games? Did you see the three sacks against Green Bay? Did you see how much I chased Patrick Mahomes and sacked him once again in the Super Bowl? That's a big money player. That's what guys like me do. That's why we get paid the most money. So I tend to think eh, tagging him wouldn't be a good idea. It would, it would really be in your best interest to try to get him to some kind of long-term agreement. It won't be easy. He's got Drew Rosenhaus as, a, um, as an agent who's you know very good. Uh, very loyal to his clients is going to get them the best deal they can going to want long-term, you know, whatever he can get. And, and so you just worry about that one. I think it would be easier and we haven't been asked this question yet, but I think it'd be easier in some respects to say, we're going to franchise Chris Godwin because Chris Godwin, you know, he's, (laughs) he could make upwards of $20 million a year as well as a receiver, which is a, enormous amount of money but you'd be saying he's a top five receiver in the game I don't think he's top five you could also transition him which would guarantee him the top 10 salary uh, uh, at the position so you could do that and you could uh, use a transition tag instead of a franchise tag and then if somebody signs him to an offer sheet long-term offer sheet you either match it or you get a first round pick in in uh, you know uh, in return Um, there's some options there and you know with Mike Evans going into his eighth season, you certainly could pay both guys as number one receivers. Teams have done that before, especially if Tom Brady's your quarterback. And if you do that, you find out what does Mike Evans have left after this year? You know, he goes through another year. Is, is he's on the decline? He's played eight years. Um, maybe we want to lock up Godwin now, you know, after we franchise him. Uh, maybe Godwin doesn't have great production, you know, his, his next year. Maybe he's a guy that's uh, continues to be injured a lot uh, and, and you just don't know. So it would give you an opportunity to sort of keep, keep the band together and, you know, you could have 
you know, it'd be a significant raise, obviously, for Chris. But for one year, since, again, we're talking about Tom Brady, and as we do this podcast, Tom Brady has one year left on his contract. So keep the band together. Try to see if you can repeat. And maybe you do it that way with a franchise tag on a guy like Chris Godwin. But I, I tend to think that um, they could use it on Shaquille. I just don't. I think that's a, I think that's a much harder sell. I think that's going to be really hard to swallow for him. This segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay is brought to you by Marina Bay, St. Petersburg, luxury waterfront homes where sports fans and enthusiasts live and play. Marina Bay is a 60-acre gated community on Boca Ciega Bay. All new construction is available now. Contact them at marinabaystpete.com or call 727-906-3300. Brian asks, do you think there's any chance J.J. Watt signs with the Buccaneers? Well, there's a chance, but I wouldn't give you a very high percentage. I mean, that, that percentage would probably be like one in one in twenty five, um, I think. Because so you're saying the th- there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance. Yes, there is. Uh, it's not a good one. But listen, the problem you have with JJ Watt is that he's ready to he's ready to go now. You know, you got to make a decision on him pretty soon. And you know, the Bucks have made it clear that their priorities are trying to retain their own guys. They have more free agents than they have money to, re, to to bring them all back, so it's already an allocation system. So, if you sign J.J. Watt, are you saying we're giving up on Shaquille Barrett? And and just by the way, Watt's not going to play for free. Okay, let's be clear. Um, he's going to want to get some money too. So I don't know what his deal. I think his deal was like sixteen, seventeen million. He had left on his contract, maybe eighteen million in Houston. Uh, I don't see him saying, hey, I'll take half. Um, and, and I tend to think that, you know, he, he probably will land in the NFC, I'm guessing. But, uh, you know, you're looking at Green Bay. You're looking at Chicago. I heard somebody, you know, advocate, you know, the Bills. He's going to go somewhere where he's not the whole show, obviously. And his production's down. He's only played 16 games twice in the last five years, okay? He's been injured. He did play 16 last year. He had five sacks, Okay. He's a three-time defensive player of the year. I get that. He, he draws a lot of double teams. I get that, too. There's still a lot of respect for his game. But, you know, he's not going to carry you, you know. And, and so I, I think, again, the priority is going to be Shaquille Barrett. And the timing's just not going to work out. I think that, you know, you're going to see a deal. I think you're going to see a deal for J.J. Watt before the start of the new league year because at that point he's in there with all the free agents, right? Maybe the Shaq Barretts, maybe some other people. So his best, his opportunity is now to look around and pick a place and 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 get married um, before there's there's uh, plenty of players out there looking for looking for jobs. Did you see his response to a uh, fan that asked him where he's going to sign or when he's going to sign? He said, give me a minute, man. He said, he goes, he goes, it takes me an hour to go through DoorDash to find a restaurant to eat at. Give me a second to pick a new team in city. It was great. It was just great. It was really good. He look, his, his wife, you know, plays uh professional soccer in Chicago. Mm-hmm. That's not to be forgotten because, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I don't know what the bears quarterback situation is going to be, but I could see him playing. Like, I could see him and his wife saying, you know what? We got, we already got a condo or whatever they have in Chicago. Yeah. And, you know what? Maybe we should. Maybe we should stay right here. You know, that that should... family part of it's always a part of it. Not having to yeah. commute, not having to have two places, and all that stuff. It's yeah. Now Green Bay's not far away. You know yeah. what I mean? You can actually drive there um, from Chicago. So that's you know that's also a possibility, but not as 
not as good as living and playing in the same city as your as your wife. Um, so yeah, all, all that's going to be part of it. But I, yeah, I just I don't see it. I don't. And he'll he'll decide before again before the start of the new league year. He said he said uh, free agency's wild man. He's got a lot of teams after him. I think and uh, he'll, he'll pick a good spot. I got to imagine almost every team has called and inquired now. How many are serious and how many are just, you know, just seeing what he's got, you know, or what he's looking for? Don't mm-hmm. know. Um, you know, and we know several teams called Tom Brady, but apparently there were two that were serious in courting him. Well, and it, does it fit, right? Like, mm-hmm. does it match yeah. with what he's – like? Yeah, that's what I mean. Right off the start, you'd have to say, are you a Super Bowl contender? Look, he's played – he's made his money. He's won mm-hmm. his awards. What he's chasing is a ring, right, yep. at this point in his career. So are the Bears legitimately a Super Bowl contender? I would say no. Tell me who the quarterback is this year. Uh, yeah, if they get Deshaun Watson now, you know, if that's what he's waiting for, some blockbuster deal where Deshaun Watson goes to Chicago or goes wherever, that might be a game changer. Maybe he joins Deshaun Watson, and, and that team you know is an instant Super Bowl contender. But if not, um, Buffalo makes sense. They were in the AFC Championship. Green mm-hmm. Bay makes sense. They were in the NFC Championship. He's from Wisconsin. He went to the University of Wisconsin. Um, I don't know that Chicago does right now unless they, they – and, and that might be what else he's waiting for is, okay, let's see where the quarterback chips fall. You yeah. know what I mean? Let's, when all this movement is done that we wrote about the other day, let's see, let's see who's, who's really in it to win it. You know, that's why, yeah. you know, that's why Tom Brady ended up with so many free agents. UK Bucks asks, Rick, where does this past season rank in terms of your enjoyment of covering the team? Well, that's a loaded question because I look at this as a true two-pronged sort of answer I'm going to give you because in terms of enjoyment, there's the working process that of, of my life and, and all of us had to endure. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's small compared to what other people emerge. I'm not, I'm not comparing myself to, to, you know, essential workers and, and people in hospitals. They by far is not their favorite year and, and what they do is life and death. But from from my standpoint, what I enjoy is the interaction and the relationships with players, and that that's usually relationships and communication is how you know you get the best stories and you formulate the best stories. We were not allowed to be in the same room with anybody all year long. We were doing Zoom calls. Uh, we were standing out at practice. We were six feet apart from each other. So, and you know, the whole, uh, we were getting tested for two months out of the year, two of the, two of the three or three of the four months, whatever it was, um, you know, the protocols, the, you know, the mask wearing in, in at games and stadiums, uh, all of that for, for the players and the media as well was, was, was just automatically does not make it my favorite year. Now from, from a football standpoint, from watching a team that is, you know, uh, has this you know, sort of the greatest quarterback of all time, improbable signing, uh, a franchise that's lost, you know, not been in the playoffs in, in 12 years. And the storybook aspect of it, no question, it's number one. It's a better story, in my mind, even than the 2002 Bucks, who were on the cusp, right, of winning. They had been to an NFC Championship game with Tony Dungy in 99. They had been to the playoffs uh, those other years, and then John Gruden came in and took a team that was Super Bowl contenders, and then he got them over the hump. He got them, you know, to beat Philadelphia and on the on the the Raiders, and they won. But it wasn't. It, it was again the first time is always special, right? There's no question. I mean, you know, it was the Bucks' first Super Bowl, 
and they they will hold a, a special part. They were mostly homegrown guys in terms of they were guys that they drafted. They they had a free agent quarterback in Brad Johnson, but it wasn't Tom Brady, right? But but the way things came together to go from you know no off season to pandemic, um, you know seven and five, and to watch these guys get better each week and the defense especially grow, uh, and then see them just figure it out um, was really remarkable. Sort of from a from a, a football journal, you know, covering a team um, with with so many. Uh, Interesting players, the free agents, right? Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. You talk about great stories now. We, we had no shortage of, of good stories to write this year. So from that standpoint, it was enjoyable. But from a practical day-in, day-out standpoint, by far not my most enjoyable season. I hated it. I hated having to travel back and forth and talk to people on Zoom calls all the time. All right, we'll switch to baseball now. And Craig asked, with the mayor of St. Pete putting an ultimatum to the Rays now that they want to develop the TROP site, it's been seven to eight years of stadium search with no solution. Is baseball done in Tampa? Also, would Tampa be better now to use that money, the Ebor money, for a retractable roof stadium for the Bucks? Wow. Well, you know, um, Rick Kreisman, first of all, what he said the other day, the outgoing mayor of St. Petersburg got his licks in. Uh, he, he got his cuts, as they say, when we used to uh, watch guys hit. He did not get cheated. And you know what? Good for him. Good for him in this sense. Um, it is time for them to decide. It is time for them to marry up to somebody. You know, uh, before the pandemic, of course, you know there was all the talk about Montreal, and they say they're committed to that. I don't hear anything coming out of Montreal. I don't see them building any ballparks up there. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, they've got problems too. It just seems like, as Rick Kreisman said, you know, this has been like. For eight years now, not whatever it's been, eight, nine years, they've been talking about wanting to play somewhere else, wanting a new stadium. They've had, you know, drawings in Ebor. They've gone to press conferences. They've done everything but put a shovel in the ground or stroke a pen on a check. And it is at this point now where, you know what, cities need to move on, right? They have plenty of their own problems. They really do, you know. They've got all kinds of problems. They're, they're a city on a body of water, right? So, um, you know, and, and you've got development going down in St. Petersburg like we've never seen before. And every parcel of land now is, is just worth a, a, a ton of money, which, uh, you know, can provide a ton of, uh, of tax revenue and goods and services to the people of St. Petersburg. And if you think it's all about baseball, it's not. It really is not, it, and, and they've got to know how they're going to develop, and they're and the city is going to move on whether the Rays want to move with them or not. That's the bottom line. So I I applaud Rick Christman. I know it's easy to say when you're not running for reelection, but I do I do think it's they're at that point where it's okay. What what do you want to do, and what are you willing to do? Right, like what are you what are you willing to pony up for? Are you are, are you willing to stay in the same plot of land with a new stadium? What does that look like? What developer are we going to pick? And, and, and you know, are you going to work with them? Um, or can we just, you know, we're moving on. Like, they can't, they can't hold a whole city hostage. I mean, at some point, you know, um, there's going to be progress. There's going to be a new mayor. There's going to be a new council. There's going to be a whole bunch of people that are ready to go forward without the raise. And they should. I mean, their, their constituents are, are their taxpayers. They're citizens there in St. Pete. Believe me, they're not all raise fans. So, Make a decision, you know, find a place in Tampa Bay you're happy with, or 
if, if you're moving on, you're moving on. I don't blame St. Petersburg if they decide to move on. I wouldn't blame blame Tampa Bay if that's what they do. As far as a uh, a dome stadium for the Bucks, rest assured of one thing. Raymond James is 20 years old, 21-plus years old, whatever it is. That's about the shelf life of these new stadiums. I mean, they tore down the Georgia Dome after 20 years and built a new stadium. You know who built that one? Rich McKay. Uh, you know who built Raymond James? Rich McKay. So if you think that the, that the Glazers, you know, strike while the iron is hot, right? They're Super Bowl champions. Don't be surprised if they start talking about wanting a new stadium to bring a Super Bowl, uh, a Super Bowl here again because Raymond James is starting to get a little outdated, even though they put $160 million into it. And would the city of Tampa be more inclined to to want to retain an NFL team? Now, could they make it multi-purpose? Those are all discussions that could be had. The problem is um, they're not being had, and the Rays haven't made a decision themselves. And so until they do, it's very difficult for you know county commissioners and mayors uh, you know, to try to figure out ways to use tax dollars to to uh, provide stadiums for franchise owners, and uh, knowing that the Bucks are going to be on that list one day too, so I I applaud Rick Kreisman, and I do think it's time for the Rays to sort of decide: Are you in? Are you out? Are you really are you really going to go with this Montreal plan or not? What does that look like if it's even possible downtown? But but make a decision, get married to a developer or a city or something. This segment of Sports State Tampa Bay is brought to you by Murata, where life is like a staycation every day. Contact them at MuratasteyK.com. All right, Tommy asks, how do you see the Rays starting rotation playing out, and do you expect them to use some openers? Also, do you think the extra inning runner rules that starts at second base, uh, do you think MLB will use that going forward? I think they will, and they are, as far as I know. That is going to be implemented this year. This year they are, yes. It's not a yeah. permanent rule at this point. Granted, the CBA with the players expires at the end of the season, so True. They presumably can do everything's on the table at that point. It would be. I like the rule. Um, I think uh, you know. I think it it makes the game. I, I've never been one to, to have you know this this affinity for you know. Hey, they could play. They could play forever. I mean, you literally could play forever. You could play twenty six innings. You could play. You know, because eventually it's going to end up with, you know, the second baseman coming in to pitch the bottom of the 18th. And you never want to see that. So um, I like the I like it. It adds intrigue. It's sort of a sudden death feel to it in a sense, you know, depending on, you know, each team will have a have a chance to uh, to hit. But um, I, I, I just like the rule. I think they'll I think they'll keep it. I don't know if you know, double headers will always be seven innings and that sort of thing. I don't know. As far as the race starting rotation, they don't use the word rotation anymore. <laughs> That's been hasn't that let's look literally been taken out of the uh uh the vocabulary of the Tampa Bay Rays at this point. You know, they they have they have a pitching staff and they have openers for sure. They have bulk guys, we've heard that term. I other than I mean, what would you say? Glassnow's like, gonna be a Glass starter. Glass a starter. Archer's probably gonna be a starter. Probably at six million, yeah. Michael Waka's um, probably a starter. Nah, may yeah, I guess Rich Hill is probably a starter. I guess, but for how long? Like I think the well, idea is instead of having four guys that could throw two hundred innings, you have eight guys that throw hundred each. It's, that's very possible. I mean, I, I don't think Colin McHugh is going to be a starter. I think he's going to be a bullpen guy. Yeah, uh, but uh, he could spot start at times too. I mean, he could. You know, I mean, that's the thing about the Rays is we know they'll use pitchers in all kinds of different scenarios. Whatever they feel the best matchup or gives them the best shot to win is, and and they're generally right in those regards. Yeah. Some of their pitchers are on the 
back nine of their career, let's say. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe it would uh, be smart to do it the Rays way and go. You know what? Um, we're gonna we're gonna situationally start guys. You know we're not we're not gonna outside of you know the the top two or three. The rest of them are going to be based on who they're playing, what the lineup is, who's rested that day. Uh, guys can pitch bulk. Guys can pitch at a bullpen. Guys can throw openers. Um, I think you're going to see just a lot of versatility in that pitching staff because that's why they went for the quantity of, of pitchers over maybe the quality of some of the, the name guys like Blake Snell that they let get out of here. Um, although they have some really – the other thing is, too, they got some really good young arms. A lot of it depends on some of the health of those guys, too. Yeah, right? I want to see, like, Luis Pineda, who they got in the Snell trade. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to see guys like that pitch. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for some of these young arms they've got, too. Yeah, for sure. So that, that might change their minds on some things as well. Brian asks, would you have preferred if they kept the DH in both leagues and or the extra wild card game? Or the wild card team, I guess I should say. Yeah, I like I like the extra wild card. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm not. I, I think it adds the way they did it with the two out of three series. It, it's you're vulnerable if you have to play that round because <laughs> anything can happen in baseball. I I was nervous for the Rays a year ago when they had to do it, but uh, and they beat Toronto. But um, the DH, as far as the DH goes, look, I think we're long past. I mean, I think the major leagues is the only level of baseball that has one league not using a dh i mean from from youth league on in in minor leagues everything is there a place where you have pitchers hit i don't think there is other than the national league at the major league level i'm just not into the you know quote-unquote strategy of it i don't i don't care i don't want to watch i want to want to watch pitchers hit three and four times a game i don't care about you know all the moves and and all that i just Let's put a DH in both leagues. I don't know what's taking so long to do this. Well, look, I believe it will happen next season. And the reason is is there's going to be a new CBA, and the players mm-hmm. want that. The owners have offered the players that consistently the last mm-hmm. year or two. Yeah. But the players want it, but they, they want more than that for what the owners mm-hmm. are asking in return. They do okay. want the DH, but it, it's an, it's all a negotiating play at this point for the new CBA that's coming out next year. Now, gotcha. they did it last year. They get, they put it in the National League last year for COVID reasons and health and all that. The mm-hmm. players would love to have it this year, but you know the owners want – in order to give them that, the owners want the extra playoff games. Well, the players want more than just the DH in return for doing that. Makes sense. So it, it's all a negotiation. I believe in the next CBA, assuming there is a 2022 season, that they get a deal done. The DH will be universal at that point. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, we'll end on this. And Steve had written us. He said, Rick, have you ever written an article you are proud of and then reread it weeks later and wished you'd done it differently? Just curious if it happens to journalists. Yeah, it happens to every single article I've ever written in my life. I think that's, that's, and that's not an exaggeration. There's been very few, if any, where I said, yeah, I got that entirely correct. Um, and the reason is, uh, and I think my theory is, and this might be true in other fields, 
there are two types of writers. There's the kind that can sit down and in 20, 30 minutes, just out of the top of their head, hit all the keys right, and you read it and you go, wow, that's so good. That would have taken me days and I wouldn't have gotten there. And then there's people like me, which is more probably common, where literally agonize over every word. I've never given birth, right? So I don't know what that's like. I've, I've witnessed the birth of my children, but I feel like it's so, like, it's so, writer's block is real. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to get, trying to spit out what you want to say and making it sound good is, is not as easy for, for me um, as it is for other people. So um, I'm not, there's, there's very few that I'm really like, Ooh, boy, I nailed that. I get that's, that's perfect. You know, usually, and then there's the errors and the mistakes that everybody on the internet reminds me of. I got, you know, 40,000 editors now. So that's, that's added to it as well. Um, there was, but sometimes, you know, the other thing is we don't write the headlines. That's always the thing that writers say. And then everybody that reads the story, if, especially if it's about them, they go, I don't care your names on it, you know, and that's all they see. And so once in a while, they'll be like, it'll get worse because somebody might write a headline that doesn't exactly capture the story. So one time, uh, and I don't know if the editor is still at the Tampa Bay Times and it may well be, I apologize. I'm not naming anybody because I frankly, I don't know who did it, but um, it, it's just the luck of the draw, right? So one time, I think it was 2003, Jojo Vicious and him and Mike Allstock collided and Joe really hurt his knee. He blew, his knee blew up. And he was having trouble playing. And then he came back and he started playing and he was getting his knee drained every week. And he wasn't getting a lot of targets. And so I watched after practice, him and Gruden had a very animated conversation, you know. And then Joe Vicious came off and I asked him what it was about. And he goes, well, you know, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm out there. I should get the ball. Like, I'm ready to go. Like, what's, you know, why, 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 aren't, I, why aren't I back in my old role like I was in 2002? And then I talked to Gruden, and Gruden was like, yeah, he tells me he's healthy. You know what I mean? I still see him struggling out there, man. We got other guys that catch the ball too, you know. And so it was like kind of this back and forth. Where I got both guys, and I was like, okay, so I'm going to write a story about how, you know, Jervis is out there. He's playing through this injury, but, you know, he's, he's a little disenchanted. He's not, you know, got the same role as he did. And he feels like, hey, if I'm out here, I should, you know, I should, I'm Joe Jervis. So I wrote this whole story. It was completely as I kind of, as I described it to you, I described the scene after practice. I talked to both guys, let them have their say. <laughs> so as, as fate would have it, the headline, the Sunday of the game, right? They're playing, I don't know, they're playing somebody, right? They're playing the Browns or whoever they're playing. The Sunday of that game, the game's on CBS, I think. For some reason, I think it was CBS, so it must have been an AFC team. Um, the headline on my column was, Juravicious Lights into Gruden. <laughs> lights into him like he just took him out like you know it's, it's like it's a bad argument like a fire a rumble right so jervis just lights into gruden right and then it didn't matter what anything said after that right the story was completely as i described it it was is it happened in front of me i talked to both parties so wouldn't you know i go to the stadium knowing this by the way like i'm not fond of the headline but okay i whatever um but i knew what was going to happen that day what was going to happen that day was Joe Jervis was going to have the game of his career, right? He was going to have, like, he was going to catch so many touchdowns. So, sure enough, we go to the game, and Jervis is getting every ball. Like, he, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. It feels like he caught 20. He might have caught five. But whatever it was, he was in the end zone a couple times. And so, after the game, here comes CBS, right, with the microphones. And who do they want to talk to? Joe Jervis. And what do they reference? 
my story. Hey, Joe, Joe, there was an article in the paper today that said that you and Gruden really, yeah, you know what? That article was a bunch of beep, 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 and that guy, beep, beep, and I'm like, oh, here we go. You know, so that was not one that I was very proud of, but uh, I'd like to have that one back, I guess. It didn't yeah, turn out to be But my you didn't favorite. write the headline. But I didn't write the head. Didn't matter. I wrote the story. My name was Isaiah yeah. Tellia. Yeah. Well, that's your name on the story. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just funny. It was, uh, but that happens sometimes. No, to be honest with you, it's, uh, it, if you're a writer, there's very few writers I know that, that get done and go, man, I nailed that one. I, there isn't a word I would, and we fight for our words. You know, we choose them pretty carefully. But, uh, yeah, there's just, you know, there's not many keyboard drops. There's just nothing there. No, no, no. I've dropped the keyboard, but I wanted to throw the keyboard a few times. I can tell you that. But yeah, yeah. There's no, no keyboard drop, no equivalent to the mic drop. I can tell you that. So, great questions today. Appreciate that. We're gonna have uh, the great, the lovely Tom Jones is gonna join us. Maybe back to back a couple nights, uh, a couple He's days back. this week. He missed last week. He's so. back. Yeah, he had a little ear infection, a little ear problem. He doesn't listen to me anyway, so now... I was going to say, what, what we'll, that, uh, why'd that affect anything? I don't, th- I don't know. Just turn the mic on. We don't need him to listen. He just has to talk, but he'll be back. And then um, then we uh, maybe, maybe talk a little raise later in the week as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first so, workouts today in uh, Port Charlotte, so yeah. baseball is right around the corner. So Lightning's got some games coming up with Carolina. Maybe they can... Get one or two of those. That would be good. Yeah, it'd be nice. Since uh, this is what they'll have the third and fourth games of four in a row against them tomorrow and Thursday. Unbelievable. I guess when they play these teams in a series in the playoffs, they will already done it. So best of best of four, best of three. You know, they mm-hmm. go right through the season like that. So anyway, great mailbag questions. Uh, make sure you keep it right here. We're here Monday through Friday uh, every week. And, um, yeah, so uh, good podcast, good good questions. You don't have to wait for a mailbag. You can always send us questions anytime you want. If you think about them, just send them to us on Twitter at NFL Stroud uh, or at Sports Day TB, or you can reach me, um, you know, email me at uh, rstroud at tampabay.com. So for Steve Burstnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.